When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Clarion Blue from Birmingham Live. My name is Matt Davis, filling in today for Dan Rowlinson, who's not with us. But we are here to discuss Stephen Gerrard's second game in charge of Aston Villa as it goes to Crystal Palace tomorrow. Uh, joined today, as usual, by Ash Priest. Hello, Ash. You well? Yeah, hi, lads. All good. Thanks for those that are watching as well. Yep, game number two for Gerrard. And he's desperate to back it, back it up. He mentioned that last week against Brighton. This means nothing if we don't back it up against Palace. So, all of us on, on tomorrow at Sellers Park. We're getting the train down and... Looking forward to it, yeah. And second guest today, put the names up for everyone who's watching, is John Townley. John, you well? Yeah, all good, lads. Thanks for having me. Good, 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 good. Uh, Ash, Gerard spoke to the press today, yourself included. Um, what was it like? I mean, we'll talk about ketchup and condiments soon, but what was the general flavour of the, of the day? Well, it was rubbish. I can't wait for Villa to go back to in-person press conferences so I can meet Gerard because I, I had Zoom problems this morning. Internet issues, and I'm sounding like, a, like I'm in a goldfish bowl, and not good. So I didn't get my questions across I wanted, but uh, some good stuff come from it in the end. Uh, we'll start with the team news, obviously. Um, Douglas Louise back in contention, and Gerard said quite a telling comment. He said, "I haven't made my mind up whether Douglas starts tomorrow or comes in." So that's um, so Nakamba's probably sweating a little bit um, in terms of Billy's anchor man in there. So Gerard will make a call on Douglas either starting or being amongst the subs tomorrow. So that's an interesting one. Elsewhere, uh, Trezeguet, yeah, he's stepping up his his progress. Been out for seven months now, and he'll get another full week training next week, and then he'll be a player at twenty three grand, probably against the Blues, twenty threes again on uh, December the sixth. So I, th- I, th- I thought we'd see Trezeguet in the new year, um, given the length of the injury and given what Heaton and then Wesley went through with knee ligament damage. So really, that's a big plus for that. Is I think I think I think Gerard will like having Trezeguet with him. Uh, workhorse, he always. Always gets attached with that workhorse that, um, uh, description, doesn't he? But yeah, that's a big boost. So he'll be back for the, the festive running. So we need as many bodies as we can for that. Yeah, strange one with Bertrand Triore um, for me. Weeks away from coming back, and he's been out since start of October. Still, still weeks away. Gerard said so. We ain't seen Bertrand Triore anytime soon. Got a thigh problem. Must be a bad one, you know. And who's the last one I wanted to mention? Morgan Sanson. Yeah, um, obviously he was back in the squad last week against Brighton. Was on the bench. 48 hours before that, I asked Gerard about team news and he said, Sanson, the game's come too soon for him. Only to be told now that the reason why he put Sanson on the bench was a confidence booster for him, getting amongst it. And he was never going to come out. I thought that's clever man management from Gerard, you know, just getting Sanson, promoting him to the bench, getting him amongst the group. And he spoke about having a one to one with the Frenchman as well. So, so yeah, uh, Sanson will be amongst the group tomorrow, but he's still short of fitness and, and match minutes and whatnot. So, but he's stepping up. And uh, yeah, it's looking a bit healthier than, than it was previously, Matt. So all good. And Gerard's had a full week with him this week. Uh, do drop your questions and comments in as normal as we're streaming live. And we'll put a few up to uh, Ash and John as we go along. John, what would you like to see happen in midfield? Like Ash says, there's Louise and Nakamba. Nakamba never, I don't see it as much of Villa as you guys, obviously. But Nakamba never seems to nail that place down. Now there's Sanson in the mix. Jacob Ramsey has got that mainstream attention suddenly in the last week. I see a lot of pundits suddenly talking about him nationally. 
How, how do you see the midfield shaping up for the Palace game? Yeah, presumably it'll probably be unchanged. Obviously, Douglas Louise coming back after an injury and the one demand, if there's many demands that Gerard obviously sets, but the one is, you know, commitment and, and energy. And obviously, in your engine room, you need you need that tenacity and um, at least full fitness. And obviously, that's one the Canberra gives in abundance. Um, there's obviously bits that Douglas Louise can offer as well. Um, I'm not too sure if that's the game for Douglas Louise. Um, just, so just coming back from an injury, you're probably just going to see in the Canberra, Ramsey and McGinn uh, trio again. Um, the worry, though, is McGinn's obviously on his yellow cards, isn't he? Obviously, we won't be missing the Palace game through that, but then there's every chance he's going to be picking up a yellow card for either a Man City or a Liverpool coming up, um, which doesn't bode too well. But for Palace, I think you need that energy in the, in the middle of the park. Um, they're a physical team, and I don't think Douglas Louise's natural um, qualities come in in any sort of physicality in terms of his height or pace. Um, but I think Nakamba can cover the ground really well and sort of cover McGinn if he wants to bomb forward or obviously Ramsey too, which is, again, what Gerard uh, likes in that midfield. So, yeah, I can see that trio um, playing well, actually, against Palace team. You have lost uh, James McArthur through injury. So, I think it was um, Milivojevic. Gallagher's obviously pushing on now almost behind Benteke, but Milivojevic and uh, Chikwiete, I think. So, two relatively immobile players. If you can dominate that area of the pitch, there's every chance you can come away with South Park with at least a point. Yeah, we'll talk about Benteke and Gallagher in a bit, probably the form players. Do you kind of agree with what John says there then, Ash, about how the midfield's going to line up? Yeah, totally. I think Douglas coming in from the cold against Palace at Sellers Park with a big crowd rocking rocking there. I think it'd be too soon for him. I think Nakamba's settled in well last week, did really well against Brighton. I think he'll be tasked with keeping tabs on Gallagher. Gallagher's third man running and um, so that'll be Nakamba. I think Nakamba starts. I totally agree with John with the points he's made there and I think Douglas can come on late on, take the sting out of the game, keep the ball much better, should Villa be ahead. So, yeah, fully expecting the camper to start tomorrow. I'm mute myself. What about okay. Jacob Ramsey, Ash? Um, people, like I say, suddenly he's on Sky Sports News and the, the Gerard comparisons of how he's going to bring him on. Does the extra spotlight make any difference to, to Ramsey, do you think? Will he will he buckle under the pressure or will it make will it make him just play any better? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to Gerard's quote today on, on Ramsey. I've been really impressed with JJ because he's a humble kid and his standards are really high. He backed it up with his performance and training and that's why he got a start that was last week. So Gerard took a real shine to Ramsey. I think I think Ramsey strolling out, bombarding forward last week. Gerard-esque it was. Um, very, very similar in terms of their style. I think Gerard looked to get the best out of him now. 20-year-old come through the academy like Gerard did at Liverpool. So, so yeah, I think that's a match made in heaven for me. I think he can get get the best out of Ramsey, and um, I think I think that, that's going to be good news for Villa. Um, obviously, Ramsey's getting the spotlight now at national level, but as me and John know, we've been aware of Ramsey's talents for a long, long while after his emergence last season, and this season he's, he's been one of Villa's best performers, most consistent performers. I thought he's one of the best players last week as well, and. I think Gerard, Gary McAllister as well, quality midfielder on his day. I think they're going to they're going to take his game to the next level. So, yeah, we're we're looking to see how Ramsey develops this season. We've spoken about you know developing players, and you suddenly see a lot of think pieces about Gerard's methods, don't you? And like like I said at the start, around what he's done in the canteen already, it seems to be this great cultural division in football now. Ketchup <laughs> does and fizzy drinks and everything. What kind of a, a manager you are? Um, tell us what Ash has. Uh, Ash, tell us what Gerard has done in terms of diet and you know methods since he's come in in this short time. 
Yeah, it was a report from the, the Telegraph last week, wasn't it? Banned fizzy, fizzy drinks, hot, even hot chocolates and and ketchup, mayonnaise, you name it. Um, I don't know how they, but maybe Iron Brew's being banned as well. So I don't know again. That's gone down to him again. But uh, but yeah, um, I think he mentioned it today in his press conference. Said I'm doing this for a reason, you know, to make Villa better, get make make, make uh, results more consistent. I'm doing for the the, the the better of the club and the players, and I want to make, make make things better and banning needless stuff like that will help that so yeah he's um put his stamp on on the club early doors uh has gerard and his coaching staff i like his little his instagram page as well he, he's introduced we've got a private instagram page with the players which will which will have clips on that can go on there and analyze the clips and that, that'll probably put some opposition footage on there as well so when they're on the phones it's constant isn't it they're looking at how pally's lining up and stuff like that so little intricacies like that I'm, I'm, i think it's very good i think ollie watkins have an interview this week as well Saying the standards are just shot shut through the roof. And no disrespect to Dean Smith. Um pretty damning on Smith's behalf, really. Saying standards have automatically shot up because of Gerald's come in. So interesting, but yeah, um he's only had what two weeks with the players fully now, and slowly but surely the methods are coming in. A lot of information to take on board as well for the group. But yeah, I'm all for it, you know. I like I like, I like this strictness, I like this this mentality Gerald brought as well. And uh there'll be more coming out through the woodwork, what he's introduced and what's changed. So looking forward to hearing what they are. Do you think, John, in hindsight, is maybe what they needed? I don't know if Smith, not a light touch, but he had his way of doing things. And when results disappear, for that kind of manager, it's sometimes difficult to get players going if you're not quite the yeah. you know the taskmaster that Gerard might be. Do you think, with hindsight, it's exactly, Gerard's exactly what Villa needed? Precisely. I think... I almost saw Smith to Gerald almost like as a natural baton change. That's how I refer it to as. You know, if you look at all the elite managers, all the top managers in the Premier League, I don't think many of them give that sort of nice guy feel about it. I'm not sure. At least on the training pitch, that's exactly what Gerald's going to be bringing. No one's slacking, and I don't think anyone will be slacking under Smith. Don't get me wrong, but I think even like the John Terry, for example, I've seen a couple of things from him recently, and he was he's always saying about how or other players who played with Gerard, uh, John Terry, sorry, telling. Telling them, always telling their players what's right and what's wrong, and always lifting players and giving them a, a mouthful when it's needed. Um, and when he left, and perhaps this season, that's been lost as well. And Smith, because he doesn't have that backroom stuff of what he had, there's not that natural level of um, of, of what we had before, I suppose. And obviously, Gerard's bringing, bringing what he brings, and then you've obviously got the likes of Michael Beale, so Gary McAllister, they all bring their own uh, qualities as well to the uh, to Bodymore Heath. So, what Gerard brings is something. That we probably didn't have before, or if we did have it before, it was probably in John Terry, who himself was only, you know, learning on the job. Um, and as I say, I think, and any top manager in the Premier League needs that bite. You need, then you, you need that, not necessarily control. Smith had that in a different sort of way, but to tell a player um, when you're not working hard enough. I think he said he, he wants his players to skip into training, but also know where the line is. This is when we work. This is when we, um, when we enjoy it. Um, but I think. Anything like banning fizzy drinks, desserts and hot chocolate, I'm not too sure why that was allowed before, but I guess Gerard's just laying down the law and saying this is how I did it at Liverpool and we won Champions Leagues and, and, and trophies you know, all the time. So this is how we need to do it at Villa now. And that's the and that's exactly what I think Christian Perso would have known and um, is now seeing um, from day to day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about specific lineups for the game then. Ash, um, what would your predicted 11 be for Villa for this game? Yeah, as John mentioned, I'll go unchanged, to be fair. But I think the, the one position that's up for grabs probably is either Buendia or Danny Ying. So, I don't know what the, those, those watching maker, them two performances of late. 
Didn't really happen for Ings last week. 17 touches of the football. Didn't get involved as much as we would, would have liked. And the same with Emmy Bowen there. I, just, I think he's trying to all too hard of late. And with Ashley Young making a difference when he come on, getting that bit, get, getting that control back. And there's even Leon Bailey to, to pick now. He's, he's fit again. Al Ghazi did okay when he come on last week. So there's, there's options there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe did go unchanged and demanded again. But um, given the given the way that the subs changed the game last week. There could be one or two changes in the attacking sense. I don't know what John reckons. Yeah, I'd agree. I think your only change is really going to come from a, a, any of the front three, really. Um, I think as well, Michael B was always saying he wants a fluid front three. He wants players to interchange and not just in game, but you know, from game to game. Um, yeah. So could you see a Bailey on the flank? Could you could you see Watkins down the middle and Ings dropped? I don't know. I think obviously Ings was coming back from a bit of an injury as well. So probably giving the benefit of the doubt and probably starting. Exactly. Um, I think Buendia and Bailey, if, if to, it's probably a toss of a coin, but who's going to give you a, something more off the bench? Probably Bailey. Um, mm. The rest of the team is probably going to be unchanged. I think as Ash points out, uh, I, I doubt Louise would start, and mm. I can understand why he'd start him, but he, he's probably only seen him for a couple of couple of days in training, hasn't he, Stephen Gerrardson? He's seen McCamber obviously day to day since he's walked through the door, so I'd expect an unchanged team. Mm. Um. Scott said he start El Ghazi as well. There's obviously names in the mix. One of the things Villa are going to have to deal with, you don't get too many strikers that are big, strong lads up, up front now, but Benteke, obviously well-known to Villa fans, is one of them. Uh, you know, All the fancy league people, the scouts are saying, put him in your fancy league team suddenly, after coming from nowhere. What kind of a matchup is it for Mings and um, whoever else starts at the back, whether Tuanzebi comes back in or whoever? I mean, how do they? is it a big challenge for them to deal with him and does it suit them Ash? He's banging form, isn't he? Four goals in his last five. He's uh, looks looks back to the Benteke of old. We seem just to touch out his feet, bang goal. A uh, couple of couple of strokes against Burnley last week were very good. He scored against Villa, didn't he? At Sellers Park on his last meeting as well. Got rose above Courtney Horse for a typical Benteke header. Um, yeah, player banging form. A bit, a bit counter Mings, Marshall, and him at the weekend. And as we all know, aerially he's one of the best in the division. So if Villa can stop the supply into him from the wide areas, stop them balls coming across. I think that's the way to go at it. But yeah, he's a player in form. And he, I think it'll take Contra Mings to, to come good to stop him. But yeah, what a player he was for Villa. Um, incredible. I think last time Villa won at Sellers Park was that Benteke goal. It was on my birthday as well. I was in the away end seven years ago, I think. Ran from the halfway line. And yeah, yeah, I mean, can't believe, yeah, can't believe how, how, how performances have dipped for him because he was a, a world beater on his day with Benteke. Um, but yeah, he's slowly getting back to them levels now. And Villa needs to be wary of him tomorrow. What do you make of Palace as an attacking force then, John? Obviously very different to Roy Hodgson. They've still got Zahar, but Gallagher's a, a class player. They've got a lot of options going forward, Elise and players like that, and easy to come back in. Is it going to be a tough day for Villa defensively, do you think? It, it will be. Um, it depends how we defend, and if we defend well, then we can also get something from the game. I think what Ash points out there is last season when Benteke rises above uh, Corny Horse, I think Horse had something like the second highest Aerial duels won per night in the league last season. So if Benteke is making him look five foot five, then it's um, that's a problem for Concer and Mings as well. Um, so again, wide uh, deliveries from wide um, on the flanks, Matt Target, Matt Cash. I don't think they'll be bombing on like you'd see Rangers fullbacks bomb on. Um, pretty much like you saw against Brighton, I think will be will be stable. Gerald will say keep a clean sheet. Um, that's not being negative. That's being wise. Um, because he says we have players that can hurt teams on the break. As you saw against Brighton, you win the game 2-0 and it's you know, a perfect start. So it, the game plan will be exactly the same. 
nullify the wide areas if you can. Try and get close to Benteke whenever possible. Don't give away fouls. Don't um, fight him or challenge him. Um, even though I think there's a bit of bite, I think, if I'm right, I think Benteke lashed out at Conser a couple of years ago at Villa Park and got a red card um, from frustration after the game in Project Restart. So there's obviously a bit of um, bite okay. there. We, we know what Benteke brings as well, don't we? You know, of course. But yeah, if we can keep a solid base, that's something to build off. Um, and you'll if, if we're in this, if we're still in the game, which hopefully we will be by about the 60th minute, then you know anything can happen, then can't it? Um, mm. but I expect us to be solid, um, I expect us to be playing similar to what we're against Brighton. Can we, you know, keep keep Palace, um, at bay for as long as possible? I think Burnley played with 39% of the ball, um, in the three draw, three draw last time out, and, and they had 15 shots. That clearly says that Palace, while mm. they keep the ball and make chances themselves, they'll give away a lot as well. Um, so that's encouraging. It, it, it could go one of two ways for me. I think it's obviously a very tough game, but equally, if you look at previous games, although Palace are in good form, I think um, we're only three points off from the table as well. So they're not, in my opinion, they're not everything that people are making them out to be. Yeah, they're a solid team and a dangerous team, um, but it's nothing to suggest why we can't go to South Park and, and, and nick a 1 0 or a 2 1 or get a draw. And that is a very good result. If, you know, four points out of Gerard's first six would be a really good, um, really good start. Yeah, I don't know if Joe was asked this today, Ash, but is there any extra emphasis on this game? Because you look at the fixtures coming up, City, Liverpool, Leicester aren't quite what they were last season, but there's some tricky games coming up. Or, or is he very much kind of a one-game-at-a-time merchant? I think he's a one-game-at-a-time merchant. I think had this been Dean Smith in the hot seat now and he, there's a draw last week or something, then it's different, isn't it, given the run of results? But Gerrard's played 1-1-1. One, one, one. He's flying into this one now, I think. Momentum's everything. So if we win next week, it doesn't matter if it's Man City the week after Barcelona or anyone. It's it's just another game and, and another one Villa wants to be competitive in. So yeah, it doesn't matter with the big 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 guns coming up. A lot of, I know the headlines will be next coming weeks. Uh, Gerald going back to Anfield and, and all sorts, but one game at a time. It's all about Villa. How they they conduct themselves. Can they get the game plan across? And I think Gerard nailed it last week. And everyone, everyone it was all hands on deck last week. So I think the subs did really well when they come on as well. So to it's um, a United sheep at the moment, and I think that's what Gerald wants to continue. So it doesn't matter with the teams coming up, not not for me. Just need to build on last week, going into t- tomorrow, and get a good good one down there. You, you mentioned the subs there. It was interesting about Ashley Young. A lot of comments about him not not coming in from the cold or anything. But a few players were obviously intrigued. Gerard is he the one that you put at the top of the list? Well, yeah, I mean Gerard made a big point of him last week saying. Young was absolutely sensational behind the scenes as well. When Gerard came in, obviously he knows him from his England playing days as well. But just I think I think I think the coaches relied on Young to lift the group and get their messages across as well. Because Young's Young's been around the block. I mean he's vastly experienced, and I think he's 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 like a player coach, as it were. And um, yeah, I think I think in terms of intrigue and on the coaching pitch, I think I think Young's one of them now who's who's helping. Helping lift them standards, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I think Young's Young's one of the, one of Gerard's lieutenants, as it were, from the playing side of things. But yeah, in terms of intrigue and coaching, getting the best out of players, I think looking at lots of Emmy Emmy Buendia, can can Gerard finally unlock the talent there? Obviously, I think Buendia struggled under the previous management and looked frustrated last week. So I think I think Buendia is the one the coaches coaching staff and Gerard want to get the best out of, given Villa's Villa's outlay on him. But there's others in there, isn't there? I mean. Will he bring? The, will, he, will he blood the young, young players coming in? Carney Chuck Moika. Will he give him, him a run later on in games as well? So there's yeah, plenty to pick through. But they're only two weeks into this group, and I think the, I think the, 
just getting used to it and, and vice versa with the players as well. But yeah, I think we need to get, get the best out of Buendia. Buendia coming forward now. What's Buendia's best role then, John? If you were picking the team, no, no one seems to have got quite cracked it yet. No, I, it, I think it, it, a lot of people would say it's, it's, it's off the right, is it a number 10? But it's much more complex than that, isn't it? If you look at Gerard's team or Michael Beale's team for Rangers, You've got wingers playing all sorts of positions, mainly coming in off the right and playing almost like an inside forward. And I think that would suit Buendia because that's pretty much what he's doing for Norwich. He's not going to get 15 goals and 17 assists, even in the championship, if you're just hugging the tuck plot, are you? So, yeah, I think anywhere either side of um, a number nine, probably in Danny Ings. And then you've obviously got Watkins as well that could do that role really really well, as, as, again, as we've seen against Brighton. That was almost a perfect game to suggest what Jared wants to do because you've got Watkins coming in off the left, cutting in and shooting. Um, presumably that's what Buendia will be doing, um, just getting amongst in, in that position where he can affect the game. I think, you know, again, I always look back to the first game of the season against Watford. You play him as a 10 and he just gets crowded out and it's all it's all too busy for him there. He doesn't have, he doesn't have enough support, sorry. Um, so if he can come in from the flank, um, then naturally you're going to have more space to work in. Um, and I don't doubt Buendia will come good. You know, whether he'll live up to a, a 35, 40 million pound price tag that's you know mm-hmm. then you've got a, an extremely good player in your hands there haven't you so that I'm not saying that's going to weigh him down but I don't think fans should be quick to suggest you know oh, he's a 40 million pound player he needs to be doing this he needs to be doing that if he can get anywhere near you know 10 goals if he can he's only got one now but under Jared you expect him to get more any sort of good return like that I think that's you've got a good player in your hands there. So got, yeah. there's 24 as well you, you know years in the Premier League left as well it's just about what Jared can can get out of him. Um, but it's a bit of a headache that front three anyway, Watkins, Bailey, Buendia, they're all, you know, offer something different, but there's only two roles to fill really because um, of Gerrard's 4-3-3. Three, three. So it, it's interesting though. It's, you know, certainly one that will um, we'll go on throughout the season. Mm. You were nodding along a lot there, Ash. You think John's right about it. It's more complex than people think. It is. Uh, Gerrard made a point today. I mean, he said he's, he's unveiling as well. He wants, he's, it's going to take time for him to Villa become possession-based. He wants Villa to become possession-based, dominate the ball, like Brighton did last week, he wants Villa to be, be that team. And then once that comes good, once players are, uh, are comfortable doing that, the, the front three will be, will play anywhere. The front three will be fluid, like Michael Bill said previously. You'll have Watkins on the right, you'll have your Bailey down the middle, you'll have England on the left. They'll, they'll all be interchanging. So that, that's the long-term goal for Gerard. He wants to be solid at the back, keep the ball in midfield, and the front three just cause havoc. Go go anywhere, go anywhere you like, and do, do, do the damage. So it's going to be a... Take a few weeks to, to implement that, given the coming short, short notice, no pre-season to work on it. But the signs are there. The Villa, Villa got attacking talent in abundance. Um, and yeah, I think they'll come good sooner or, sooner rather than later. Uh, last topic on your list today, Ash, was about Gerard's location. Not right now, but in terms of where he's where he's living. <laughs> where, where is he up in Liverpool? Well, Southport, I think that's where they all live, isn't it? Or is he moved closer down here? Yeah, I think I think he made a point at his press conference again. The reason why he moved to Villa was to be close to his family. Um, I think his family moved to Glasgow in his first year. Then they moved back and they missed home too much. So they'll be based at home now. I think Gerard will be based at home as well, which will be good for him and his family. So that's a plus. He'll get the best out of Gerard as well. I think, I think Southport, can you do 90 minutes on a, on a good day, two hours? Not far at all. I think some some nights he'll spend in preparation for the matches as well, close, close to Bodymore Heath as well. So I think they'll have a hotel stay tonight in London ahead of tomorrow. And then after tomorrow, they'll go, all go home and then I'll check in on Monday again. So, yeah, no issue. I think he's the first manager in a walk. I can't think of another one, John, who, who, 
doesn't leave around Birmingham um, since Gerard. So be going back. Well, I think Bruce was always Warwickshire based. I think Di Matteo yeah, was Leamington uh, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not an issue in this day and age, Matt. I think I think I think being at home is a good thing for Gerard as well and his family. And um, yeah, no problems. But he'll spend a couple of nights close to the training ground in, prepar in preparation for matches. Uh, do you normally do predictions with these things when Dan hosts them? I find them a bit redundant. Do you not? Bother? I don't like them either. Yeah, but no, because they're never right, are they? And we're going to say we're going to win. So. Of course we are. Yeah. <laughs> Good, but you are both optimistic, John. First of all, yeah, I am actually. I say three points off Palace in the table. Um, obviously, they've won a couple of games recently, but apart from that, I think they've. I don't. I don't think I'm, I, like they haven't lost um, since September, but I don't. I think Brighton haven't lost since September, apart from Man City yeah. game. So there's no reason to suggest um, why we can't go there and say get a result. Um, you know, yeah, they're in good form, and they seem to be the team that all of the um, outsiders, should we say, are, you know, are taking after. It was Brentford the start of the season, wasn't it? But now I think it's Palace, and everyone's sort of taking to them, and as they were with Brentford as well. Um, but this is, I don't doubt that we can go there and almost stop that. And then all of a sudden, we win two games on the bounce against two of the most informed teams in the division. Shame that we've got a couple of tough ones coming up. But just sorry, Brent, uh, sorry, Gerard will be pinpointing those as games again to um to kind of rubber stamp his credentials as well. You know, I've just won two games on the bounce and we'll we'll play each team now as they come and, and we'll be the team to be feared. Uh, yeah. Tony says 2-2. Two, two. If our people are doing predictions, feel free to drop them in uh, in the comments. Uh, Ash, final word to you. How would you like to see Villa go at it? Yeah, it's a, it's a big personality test tomorrow. And the last away was at Old Trafford and the Old Trafford crowd, you can hear a pin drop there anyway, can't you? So it's not really a daunting place to go, Old Trafford. Whereas Palace, on the other hand, Sellers Park, got the ultras waving the flags and it's quite close. So a bit of a personality test tomorrow for me. I think, I think previously under Smith, I think the players wilted. Go back to Arsenal, Watford away, got battered. Uh, the crowd got on top of Villa that, that, that day as well. Where else as well, away from home? Tottenham, yeah, Villa struggled there as well. Southampton, here, yeah, another one that struggled. Chelsea, they got bashed in the end as well. So, yeah, big one tomorrow in terms of personality and kind of come away with it. Gerard, Gerard, Gerard had a tough mentality as a player, uh, and he wanted to get that get that across to the group tomorrow. So it's going to be going to be hostile down there. Images of um, Kevin Friend coming into me at then cancelling out a goal and all the scenes there kicking off with the stewards. So, yeah, but, yeah, so we haven't won there in seven years as well. So it's a long time coming. And uh, with the Gerard factor, the way it is, the momentum and the players buying into it, I think I think it's uh, it does bode well. So um, roll on, I thought, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm confident. Uh, yeah, there's good optimism in the comments as well. Mark says two one Villa, and Sean says uh, two nil Villa, and Watkins get both of them. Right, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks to everyone who's watched along as ever and dropped some comments in. Um, Dan is back tomorrow after the game with Matt, I think. So uh, Ash, thank you very much. Lovely. Thanks all. And John, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. And we'll see you all soon.